Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Yay. So excited to be back together again. This is the month of May. And before May ends, I really wanted to hit on one of the many awareness months that we have. You know, we've got freaking ice cream and donut awareness month. Pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Dog lovers. Like it's anything. But um, this is an awareness month that we may not have heard much about. I think a lot of our listeners, though, probably would relate to it. And many don't even know that they do. (laughs) It's Pelvic Pain Awareness Month. And we have a guest that I have known for many, many years and work together in different ways. And just really excited to have her join us because she knows all about this and is going to really share all the details. Melanie Sachs, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, I'm so happy to be here and, um, you know, share a bit about this topic that I've fairly recently become really passionate about talking about. Good. Well, Melanie, you're a survivor that I've personally known since you were what, a teenager? You yeah, came to 13. my first, well, you came to a speaking engagement when you were 13. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was like 13 or 14 when I first came to, to hear you That's- speak. Wonderful. And now you are an advocate. You tell us all the things that you've been doing the past few years um, in your advocacy. Sure. So, um, you know, after kind of walking through my own situation, going through a trial for one of the cases um, and just really walking a long time on my healing journey, it had been about a 10 year journey um, to get to this place of I really want to give back and be a voice for others walking down this road and really specifically wanting to walk alongside kids and families um, as my team walked alongside my family um, during the process of um, a forensic interview, walking through the court process. So I started blazing the path um, for advocacy and trying to, um, you know, alongside my own healing journey. I mean, we, you say it all the time, healing is not linear. So there was healing along the way, but I had gotten to a point where um, I had had a lot of that healing under my belt and really wanted to um, kind of blaze that path to advocacy and be able to walk alongside people and to just be able to sit with someone and listen to them and without having to say it, just know that I knew what they were going through mm-hmm. and to be able to share with them that I was just there for them and mm-hmm. that I, I could be that, you know, we talk about it all the time that listening is the most important thing um, when That's you're walking right. along survivors, um, less talk, more listen. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really just wanted to be that um, because so many people were that for me. And so I went to college um, kind of knowing what I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I really wanted to to be in the Child Advocacy Center movement, um, because that's really where I found my voice for the first time at 12 years old, Mm -hmm. um, really being able to um, help be a part of getting other people to find their voice, um, families, Mm -hmm. kids, um, to be able to find their voice about what happened to them. And that really started my healing journey for me um, all those years ago. So I went to school um, for sociology and criminal justice. I graduated Mm -hmm. and then went on to do some advocacy at a domestic violence crisis center, Mm -hmm. um, working at the imminent danger shelter. And then from there, really um, relocated pretty 
fairly quickly after those two years of that service through AmeriCorps, um, and then uh, really stepped into the child advocacy world and, and was doing that for um, over six years, um, day in and day out, walking families through the Child Advocacy Center process, the court process, um, restraining orders, all, all things, hospitals, um, navigating the system, all of those things, and bearing witness to a lot of stories um, mm -hmm. in my role as family advocate. And then from there, I actually did transition to forensic interviewing. Um, so I was a, I'm a forensic interviewer. I'm a trained forensic interviewer of children. And yeah. so I went through a series of um, training to kind of get that under my belt to to learn the different ways to talk to kids about these things. I mean, I knew from my own experience how I was talked to, um, mm -hmm. but to have the professional lens on it, to be able to know kind of best practices and right. um, really just, just being there to bear witness to stories. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, that's kind of where my path um, was. And now I'm really doing more of the prevention side of things, um, speaking a lot, sharing my own story across the country and working with an organization out of West Virginia um, called Shield Task Force um, on their Speakers Bureau, in addition to helping with some of their program development and educating schools and churches, um, setting up uh, assemblies and body safety curriculum and all the things. So so um, that's kind of uh, the in a nutshell version of, of my path. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty large nutshell. We're really <laughs> proud of you, Melanie. I mean, it, it's it has truly been such a joy and honor to me to have known you and to have met you at such a crucial point in your healing as a, as a young girl um, and then watched you allow your pain to fuel um, yeah, some real passion and purpose in your life to make a difference in, yeah. you know, the next little girls and boys that may have gone through something similar. It's just, it is really a beautiful journey and it's, it's so cool to have been able to know, know you all these years. I mean, yeah. did you read my first book hush, um, prior to coming to that speaking engagement? Yeah, okay. I did. And it was, um, you know, I'm also a woman of faith, but like, uh, it was before I, it took a long time for me to get to that place of faith at all. Right. And, um, you know, your I always describe to people like your book was like my Bible. I read it every single night and um, it was um, the light in the darkest of times for me. And, mm. um, you know, really being able to have something that I could cling to um, in the darkest times to know that I wasn't alone um, mm. and, you know, would, would go back to it time and time again in the worst moments, in the darkest nights. And um, it's really surreal to be here on this podcast today um, in a lot of ways. I mean, we've done work in other ways together and yeah. I've been a part of a lot of things that you've been doing, mm -hmm. but this is um, really a huge full, full circle moment um, <laughs> just to be here with you and Mary and um, just to know like the, the depth of the impact that you had on my journey. I mean, at 13 years old, when I was coming to see you at that, that um, speaking engagement, it was at Gordon College, um, yeah. probably mm -hmm. in like 2005 or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, whatever year you were there back then, but um, you know, I was so timid and it was, you were the first like survivor that I had like physically met in person and was like, could under someone that could understand me and what I was going through. And, you know, I, I definitely wasn't at the place of hope that I am now. And, and you gave me that hope that it would come. And, um, you know, it's just really cool to see, you know, how things like this come full circle and, and just the, I mean, we were like 
pen pals via email for <laughs> right? over eight, 18 years now, really. That's amazing. 18 wow. Years. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I look back on, you know, some of our messages and it's just, it's incredible. Um, you yeah. know, the impacts that you can, you know, that one moment in time, like, you know, you never know the impact you can have on someone else's story. So. Mm, right. Right. And how you're now offering that to so many other survivors it is truly full circle. And I think, doesn't that speak to the power of the survivor community, you know, like siblinghood that we have that we can go from, you know, point A to point B and it can be such a huge change and a huge impact on someone else's life just by simply saying like a me too moment, right. And Mm -hmm. standing with someone, believing someone, um, continuing to cheer for other survivors. Um, I think this community is so amazing and full of love, full of comfort, validation, all the things that we need to be able to empower us to do our normal lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Can't Mm -hmm. do it alone. Right. That's really cool. Um, well, to kind of dive into our topic, you know, May's Pelvic Pain Awareness Month. And I'm wondering, you know, I know that you've been such a big voice on this topic. And I think that's so incredibly brave because I would say the majority of sexual abuse survivors do deal with this topic and don't know. They've, it's one of these things that people don't talk about people aren't aware of. I mean, good grief. Healthcare isn't even really available for this and it needs to be. Um, I mean, I feel like I've gone through years and years of not even knowing that this is something I could have received help with. I didn't even know it was available and I'm really mad about it. (laughs) So I guess my first question for you, Melanie, is like, how did you know that this affected you personally? How did you know something was going on with your body? And then what was your journey from there? Yeah. So I knew pretty much from maybe not at 12, but maybe at like about a year after the sexual, one of the sexual assaults that I went through, um, I was 12, he was 17, you know, really forceful with um, the abuse itself. And um, I knew that something happened that day. Um, I knew there was a, there was a moment of pain that I knew, I think my body recognized it. I think I mean, as a 12 year old, I think I mentally recognized it as much as I could, um, mm-hmm. which wasn't much. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, that kind of planted deep within me, like that knowing of something mm-hmm. wasn't right. And then, you know, as I was 13, 14, 15, you know, getting into, you know, my first period, you know, and, and really, um, you know, navigating that um, and knowing that I had this pain within me, this physical pain um, that was left behind um, mm-hmm. from what had happened at 12. And I, you know, I carried it. It was something I carried deep within. And as I started to heal, it got pushed deeper and deeper and deeper because everything else was so on the surface that um, I didn't even have the words for this. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. how to describe it um, even as a teenager. And, um, you know, it's not something that you're like, wanting to put out there like, hey, I have this pain in my vagina that is 
as a direct result of what happened to me, you know, and I know this and, and so I just, I just kept it under the surface and kept it deep within there and protected it really, as we do with a lot of things on our healing journeys. And absolutely, yeah. And so, um, I really walked kind of through this, um, silent battle within myself of knowing Mm. something was wrong, but not knowing how to talk about it. And so, and that Mm. went on through, I mean, I talk about my healing journey. Um, I went through so much amazing healing, but this was untouchable. Um, This was something I swore I would never talk about. Um, The shame just kept getting rooted deeper and deeper and in conjunction with this. And um, especially as I went through my teen years and there, you know, I had conversations with friends about, you know, like girls, we talk about everything. So, um, you know, we, you know, friends would be like, why can't you use a tampon? And, you know, that was impossible for me. You know, I had tried many times in the pursuit of normalcy of feeling normal. Um, And we, I use that in quotation marks. They can't see me, but quotation marks normal, Um, you know, but we put this pressure on ourselves too. you know, in the wake of some such a violation, um, you know, to, to feel normal, to feel back to ourselves again. And, um, you know, this was something that was, was really, really difficult um, to to get back to that normalcy, even though in many other ways I found that, you know, I got back to kind of who I was always meant to be. I, you know, started blazing this path of advocacy, um, but I knew there was still something and this went through, you know, um, you know, I really only faced it in 2019. So um, this is really this was with me for so many years, um, deep down and, um, it caused a lot of pain. Um, I remember going to the gynecologist at 17, um, Mm -hmm. wanting to kind of take control back of my health. Um, you know, for many years, especially as a survivor, uh, my body and I were kind of at arm's length, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and really, not wanting to pay attention to my body and really um, struggling with caring for it. And Mm -hmm. really, especially in the most intimate places um, because of the violation and because of the, the depth of the scars there. And I say that literally, you know, there was, um, there was so much tied to that. And so Mm. um, really being able to face that felt impossible. And so I Mm. swore I never would. And so I went to the gynecologist at 17 and the lady was lovely, but I was not ready. Mm-hmm. And I, um, they actually had to like take my keys. I was like hyperventilating. I oh. like, I got on the table mm. and like, you know, it's not comfortable. You put your feet in the stirrups like that. <laughs> Nobody wants that, you know, no. um, but it's <laughs> like, and um, you know, we can all laugh about that. That's a, that's a thing we can all laugh about because it's kind of ridiculous, but um, you know, but second that happened, you know, I went, I had had so much healing and I like, I hadn't had flashbacks, hadn't had, you know, any of these memories of, you know, my abuse for many years in real time, you know, like I was really doing well. And I just went right back to that place and was like, Mm -hmm. I cannot do this. And, um, you know, she said, you know, she was very gentle and very nice, but, um, you know, there was a kind of, um, experience where it was like okay let's get this done and I was not ready and I think that is a mutual experience for a lot of people they're just in there to get you know they don't know the background of 
any woman that walks into their office to get a normal routine women's exam. Mm -hmm. And so I think she was just kind of like on her, you know, this is just another one for her, you know, Um, and I guess you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to do that in that line of work, like line of work, but it's like, there's a balance of that that is so important that I'm really passionate about educating the medical Mm -hmm. community about, of like knowing Mm -hmm. the story, if you can, find out um you know obviously mm-hmm. not everybody is going to be forward with what they've experienced but yeah um but just to be you know, aware trauma aware I mean one in three women walking in your office will have some type of sexual abuse in their past I mean that's a lot of your patients yeah yeah and so just getting that kind of on the table before mm-hmm. you get have her on the table really right. um Absolutely. you know and so I I eventually was able to like compose myself and go home but I swore I'd never go back and I swore Mm -hmm. that I would do this on my own and so I'm going to heal myself and I'm going to you know push myself to any limit I have to to be normal again Mm -hmm. and so that unfortunately led to you know me experiencing this desperation to have normalcy within my body and Mm -hmm. to have this healing that I so longed for now that it was at the surface of like now I can't deny that something's wrong because I've kind of started to open this box, but now I don't have any help. I don't even know where to go. I'm not going back there for help. Mm. So I am going to do this on my own. And, you know, I went back to some, you know, not so great coping skills. You know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of doctors out there will just tell you to just relax, you know, um, and like to just, you know, like get yourself in a peaceful place. It's yeah. like, if I could, I would. It's not like I've yeah, that's, to fight this on I know that's what I'm supposed to do. For everybody. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And so, and, and now that I've like, I made like an Instagram and things for, you know, this pelvic pain journey um, and the stories are infuriating. Mm. Like you two would be, I, you can just imagine, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's like what, what people have been, what, what, what survivors or women in general have been told on the tables of just relax, like have a glass of wine or a glass of vodka, you know, just to relax. And like, you Mm. know, so like, I was like, well, like, all right. So I, um, I would like take my like anxiety medication and like have a a drink to try to get a stupid tampon in because I was so desperate to have this like and I don't even know where that pressure came from like that I had to be able to use a tampon but it was there Mm. and it was strong and Mm. it was one more thing that I didn't want my abuser to take away from me Um, yeah and it's like it's one of those things that as a woman we just feel like this is just something as a woman we should be doing we should be okay to do so it makes sense that let's like, okay, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to force it. It's going to make me like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. That is to put that pressure on yourself too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's like the opposite, like the body, body responds to that forcefulness in any way. Mm-hmm. And so my body was like, no, my body was already like, nope. And it was like extra nope when you try mm-hmm. to force it. And so yeah. Um, and you know, the, de- the definition of, you know, I'll talk more about kind of like what the diagnosis was and what the specific, um, kind of cycle of pain was and all of that, but yes, you know, it, the definition is like a, t- a tensity of the pelvic floor vaginal muscles that makes mm-hmm. it impossible for any insertion. And so, you know, and it feels like you're hitting a wall 
and you know that's really kind of the the definition of it is hitting a wall and so um for me i had kind of that extra layer of having an actual injury um scar tissue in there that was super painful so it's not only hitting the wall but it's hitting a painful injury mm-hmm. and so anytime i would try to insert a tampon or like it i would literally pa- pretty much pass out and like get nauseous it was an instant nausea reaction um and like would be dizzy and would have to like hold myself up and like and i had like for so many years i had like friends even the friend who was um abused like i you know the same day that i was like she didn't have the same result like everybody's journey is different and she would be outside the bathroom like trying to talk me through it and it just like there was no amount of talking or getting myself centered or what whatever I was told, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like it was a physical um, impossibility at the time. And mm-hmm. um, it was excruciatingly painful. Um, you know, I'd been, you know, getting sick when trying to do it. And, um, you know, just just this like impossible pursuit um, of of healing at the time because I didn't have the tools or support that I needed um, or really the education of like you forcing it is actually making it worse. Um, well, and your the body trauma is going of to- that. I think of the trauma of going through what you already went through and then the yeah. trauma that your body's now going through just trying to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a really difficult time from like 17 on. I think before that I hadn't made any attempts really to kind of like fix it, um, you know, or, or get healing for it. I just had it in my mind and body knew that something wasn't right. Um, But really 17 to, you know, so that was in 2019, three, 17 to 27. So over 10 years Mm -hmm. was this like, pursuit and failure of healing and it felt so like re-traumatizing like we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier like it just felt like you know this was the final piece and I I'm like I have so much healing in every other area of my survivor journey and this is the one I just can't you know and so I would give up for a while but the pain within me was so great that it it was relentless um, and I just couldn't ignore it. Um, and there's a pretty big story behind why I started to face it again in 2019. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for unpacking a lot of that. I know that, I mean, 10 years of a journey of just fighting for something you want and you're healing and feeling like you're literally hitting a wall. I mean, you even think of survivors who just, you know, there's so many, there's so many things that manifest with our trauma. You know, if it's not that, you know, it's, it's other things, right? There's so many things that the trauma has lifelong effects in our lives and some that just feel like they have teeth in us that won't let go. Um, and this battle to win and it's not fair, you know, and that's what I just keep saying inside as I'm listening to you. It's like, this is just not fair. It's not supposed to be like this. And we're fighting for something that shouldn't even be part of our battleground, but our body holds trauma. Our body keeps the score. It holds it when and it, and it holds it sometimes I think in a way that is caring. And then other times it's like, I think our body's holding it. And at the same time, speaking to us and saying, it's time to work on this. 
So mm-hmm. when did that come up for you? Because I know that pelvic floor therapy has been an important part of your journey. I'm wondering how you made that decision and what that looked like. Yeah. So in 2000, so I got to go back a little bit from 2016. Um, so in 2016, uh, I'm going to drop this like it's nothing, but it's not. I was in a plane crash yeah. and <laughs> yeah, um, wow. just like, you know, listen, I'm alive and well. So, um, mm. you know, but it's, you know, Jeez. the the trauma of that compounded with everything else. Um, I really, you know, and I talked earlier about not being able to deny that something was going on, like it kept coming up and it kept coming to the surface. But this, you know, and I kept trying to push it down, like I 17. And then a couple years later, I would give, you know, give it up and kind of just like forget about not forget about it, but pretend it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but in two in 2016, it, it was the moment, um, you know, I went through this plane crash and I had injuries. Uh, from it. And um, I really started to pay attention to my body for the first time, wholly and authentically, and Mm -hmm. was more determined than ever before to keep that connection going. And um, because at first, I really didn't have a Mm -hmm. choice because I had so much going on in my abdominal area from the injury from the plane crash that Mm -hmm. I really had to, um, and it was getting closer and closer to my pelvic region. And, um, you know, I really believe, you know, that God guided, uh, you know, this whole experience um, to really um, to a place where I was ready um, to finally um, step into this bravely and authentically and just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, really embrace this healing journey because it was very different from the healing journey I had just been on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I call it uncharted territory. Um, It was so different than any other facet of my healing journey. Um, Definitely something that, you know, we know that abuse and healing is not always talked about, but this even more so, like you talked about earlier, Nicole, is not talked about even among the survivor community. And so, you know, really not being able to deny it and walking through this physical piece of, you know, really having to pay attention to my body because it got pretty scary with, you know, some of the plane crash injuries, some of the internal stuff that was going on. And so um, I decided I was going to my primary care pretty often at the time. And she was an incredible, incredible resource for me. Um, She uh, was trauma informed. She um, like prayed over me. Let me listen to worship music during appointments. Like all this stuff that you don't wow. that doesn't happen. Really, um, really an incredible medical experience. And she had been seeing me through kind of the plane crash injuries because I had to have all these follow ups. And one day, I literally it must have been the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me because I wouldn't have <laughs> opened this box again. But I was just I just said it. I said, there's something more I want to talk to you about. And I've got this, um, you know, now that I'm paying attention to my body and Mm -hmm. we're, you know, it's within the region, you know, it's abdominal and I've got something else going on. And so I started to tell her, Mm. yeah. And I started to tell her kind of from start to finish, you know, I was sexually abused when I was nine to 10 and then sexually assaulted um, pretty violently at 12 years old. And, um, you know, I remember the moment in time where the pain was different than any other pain. And, you know, I've been on this journey for a long time and I really need to face this. And she sat up, she got down from her 
stool and sat at my level, put her hand on my leg and said, um, you won't have to walk it alone. I'm, I'm right here for you and we'll, mm. we'll get you through it. And so wow. from then started a series of, um, appointments. Obviously I still had to see her for all the plane crash madness, but I also started to see her. She said, have you ever had like a well woman exam? And I said, tried once and did not go well. Yeah. And she said, okay, we're going to start there. We're going to just start, start there at the baseline. And she said, um, it's your pace. I want you to do prepare this space. This is your space. Prepare the space however you'd like to prepare it. Um, each time you come and see me, um, you're in complete control. Like she kind of laid it out for me of what it would look like. And um, that started an amazing, beautiful, wow, painful. What a gift like, she is yeah. to the healthcare community, to survivors. I mean, gosh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. Um, <laughs> I know she's amazing. That's she actually awesome. just started her own practice, which is um, really mm. exciting. So, um, so she, you know, was like, you know, you can come in here. I think we need to do this frequently to get your body used to. Um, we're going to start with just small things. So she started, she broke down the exam. She didn't just go for the whole exam. She broke down the exam to, hey, just come in and put your feet on the stirrups and tell me more of your story. Mm. And we'll just talk while you're you know, sitting there in that position. Yeah. And then um, that so was great. it. That was the yeah. only, the only thing we did that day. The next week yeah. we, I went to her like mostly every week or every couple weeks. Yeah. The next baby week she, steps to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And so the next, you know, the mm-hmm. next week she kind of put her hands on my thighs and just was like, okay. And she was talking to me as she was doing everything. So she mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm going to um, put my hand on your leg now and I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, that, you know, I'm going to put my gloves on. I'm yes. going to, like, she was walking me through and we, <laughs> we know so how important. the rest of that goes, you know? Um, yeah. And so well, she- to be honest with you, I, I did, um, I did a big um, workshop for ob guides a few years ago. And that I think was the most important part to my whole message. And it's something a lot of them had never even thought about was talk them through every single thing you're doing and then make sure they're okay at every single step. And it makes such a difference. I love that you're mentioning that because I think it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did that for literally six months. I'm not even mm. kidding. We did, you know, we yeah. started, we went from start to finish. Um, and, uh, you know, there were multiple attempts at a pap smear and they were not successful. And, okay. you know, it was really, really hard to like, I knew the damage had been done, but I didn't realize the extent of the damage yeah. at the time. Yeah. And um, it was healing and heartbreaking at the same time. You know, we talk about these simultaneous things that can be going on, on a healing journey. It was, it was victory, but heartbreak. It was Mm. um, ups and downs, peaks and valleys of a journey. And um, there were a lot of tears shed. There was a lot of, I'm going to throw up, (laughs) I'm going to pass out, you know, on the table. Um, For sure. You know, more of a a medical experience. You know, I started to learn a lot though. I started to learn a lot about what was happening in my body. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things during that time, that phase of the the journey was um, I was having a vasovagal response, which is where your, um, where your blood pressure uh, elevates and then drops. Um, so you can get lightheaded, you can get mm. nausea. It's, you know, that vagal nerve runs from literally the top of your head to the tip of your toes and 
including your vagina. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, it's in there. And, um, you know, the, the scar tissue and the, the injury was kind of sitting right. So when she was hitting that in attempts um, in the most gentle way, um, that was triggering that response in my body where I was like, I'm going to throw up, I'm going to pass out, you know, I don't mm -hmm. feel good. And the right, even if I could kind of manage during, you know, the aftermath was I was shaky and I was, you know, and she would let me sit in the office for another 15 minutes just with her. Um, mm -hmm. And she, you know, um, you know, my appointments were like two hours long and that is unheard of in a primary care office. Um, and she was just, um, you know, she knew she blocked out the time. She, you know, never made me feel like I had to rush out of there. Um, and when my body was going through this process, you know, I was like, it was not pretty. It was like, you know, it was a hot mess express, but, um, you know, <laughs> it was, um, you know, as is our healing journey where hot yeah. mess expresses at different parts, you know, um, and we, right. you know, um, but, uh, you know, we're loved in that hot mess, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, she really walked me through um, the anxiety, the sadness, the frustration, the nausea, the body aches, the high blood pressure, the low blood pressure. Um, she gave me, you know, validation, answers, mm -hmm. explanations to things that I couldn't put the words mm -hmm. on. Um, mm -hmm. And she really, you know, guided me along the way. And then um, the day came where I had a successful pap smear and I bawled my eyes out. Um, and... Um, you know, and she celebrated with me. And that was so like, we like high five. She like, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I mean, like, she's working too, you know, like this was a yeah. team effort. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I learned so much about the inner workings. It sounds silly, but the inner workings of my vagina, which yeah. most women will never, like, they don't even look down that I would have never like, we don't pay attention like you know it's just right. a thing that's connected to us you know mm -hmm. and well um, and not when, only when that the... when that's been sexually abused when you were younger a lot of us don't want to have anything to do with that yeah yeah, yeah. and that was big for me um mm -hmm. and you know it was it was getting comfortable in the uncomfortable crushing mm -hmm. those comfort zones um really just stepping boldly and bravely into this process and um you know it was i'm not going to sugarcoat it it was not pretty sometimes you know there yeah. were times where i was like i cannot be poked and prodded another day you know yeah. and um you know but i really had to um hold on to every tiny victory and that mm -hmm. was such a, a value to me of like it doesn't have to be a like literally if you get on the table today that's a victory if you um you yeah. know it could be anything from sitting on the table to having a successful pap smear and we need to yeah. celebrate those tiny tiny victories and the big ones too and everything right. in between right. um yeah. And so from there, um, she, once we were able to get that successful pap smear, um, mm -hmm. you know, she was able to tell me everything looked normal and everything looked great, you know, other than the injury in itself, but the pap smear, what they're looking for. Yeah. And I had never known that, you know, like I was like, what mm -hmm. else could be wrong? You know, mm -hmm. as survivors, we're always kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop of something else to be um, a ramification of the abuse itself. And so just to hear that I looked like other women, um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I was hearing some of the same things that other women were hearing. That was mm -hmm. so powerful for me. And she lingered there. She didn't just say, Oh, everything's normal. Mm -hmm. All set. She said, she sat at my level again. And she said, 
everything looks great. You are just like any other woman that walks in here. And, you know, she took the time to validate um, what I had been feeling for so many years of different and, um, you know, identifying, you know, really my identity for so long was as a survivor and as someone who had been sexually abused and sexually assaulted. And it was, it was the, it was the true embodiment of who I was for so long, um, you know, that in that moment, that kind of broke away in a way that I didn't even know I needed it to be broken away. I just wanted to pause for a second. To me, it's no greater time than now, really, to think about, as a survivor of abuse, to think about our own healing journey. And, you know, we can do a lot of healing on our own or one-on-one in therapy, but there's just something special about meeting with other survivors. And Mary, you and I just finished an eight-week course with a handful of survivors in our new e-course and virtual support group called Unleash. And don't you think it was like more than we ever expected? My goodness. I mean, just in awe of the response from all of the participants. And, you know, we're not going to shy away from the fact that this is a really big decision. This is really hard in the midst of just regular hearts, life stuff. And then making a bigger decision to go after your healing journey is not easy. But from the responses we've received and just the comments we've heard, the hard decision is well worth it. Absolutely. I think it's just, you know, people finding that safe space to come back to every week where you can kind of let down all the expectations and all the things that you feel like you're supposed to be living up to and just be yourself and talk about the hard things with a group of other survivors who just really get it. So it's called Unleash. It's an eight week survivor created e-course. There's film, storytelling, personal contemplation exercises, journal prompts. And then we meet virtually every week for eight weeks in this really special small group support group just to walk through this journey of healing from sexual abuse together. If you want to sign up, go ahead. It's at IamOneVoice.org. IamOneVoice.org. So just go there and check it out. There's always going to be an option for an eight-week course for you to sign up and join. They max out at eight participants each. And I just think you're going to love it. And even just this last time, we've had two survivors from the first round sign up for another round. So I think it's just something that you can even come back to at different places in your journey, no matter where you're at. It's called Unleash. You do not want to miss it. The summer session open, ready to roll. So sign up now. Find out more when you go online. I am onevoice.org. I am onevoice.org. And so she, uh, you know, she talked to me about next steps, you know, I was kind of done with her, you know, on a more frequent basis. I mean, obviously, yearly exams would still continue and kind of that normal schedule of seeing a primary care. Um, But and my, my plane crash, crash injuries had kind of started to heal. And, you know, so we were doing follow ups further out. And so she really, um, you know, kind of set me up for, you know, she said, I really think you would benefit from pelvic floor physical therapy. And so I said, what, what is that? Right. like, I had all these ideas in my head of what it can be. And it's kind of as weird as you think it is. Like, let's be honest. Um, I don't even know. I don't know where to begin in my head. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, Mary. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I was like, pelvic floor. That means like, like, how do you get in there? Was my question. Right. Like, Love duh. It. Like, yeah. So I'm like, um, yeah, I'm gonna need some time on that. I don't think I'm gonna do that. And she was like, okay. So she met me where I was at. We literally had a couple appointments just talking about pelvic PT. And um, you know, she brought out her like her her like pelvis like model thing and she was like, like you know, a these are the Yeah, pretty just the pelvis though. It was just like a straight up yeah. pelvis. And yeah, yeah. Uh she was like, you know, this, these are the muscles that run through here. Remember we talked about this when I was, you know, doing your exam. And mm-hmm. so she brought it back to the process that we had just gone through to educate me about kind yeah. of what what it might be and and she says um I have so her name was Beth and she says I have an amazing I call her a colleague her name is Beth as well and so I call them my like dream team of Beths um (laughs) and so she uh she said you know she's right over I live on Cape Cod so she's right over the bridge in Plymouth and um you know she has um she's just you know with for women with trauma I really just go to her you know there's so many other ones but she has really kind of taken the hands of women who have gone through trauma and has have brought them through um, so much of this specific healing journey of you know pelvic healing and pelvic pain and and different things and so um, I said you know what you know I can't really back down now you know I've faced kind of the hardest part of Mm. facing it to begin with and Mm -hmm took a deep breath and said challenge accepted and so I I made she made the referral I made the call um and then I was kind of off and running with my Beth number two um and so that was January of 2019 was my first appointment at the pelvic physical therapist's office um I was terrified um yeah you know because I had like Mary's head right now, I had a lot of things floating around up there. Like, what could this be? <laughs> Were you Googling tail? nonstop before you got oh, there? Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was a little cray cray, yeah. you know, as we can get, um, you know, uh, but rightly so, you know, just trying to yeah. figure yeah. out what this would entail. And, you know, but I wasn't even ready to like read stuff about it quite yet, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, but I'm so glad there's, there is stuff out there about it, but you have to look for it. And, and that's why I want to be so forward about my journey is because I want to guide other women to those resources that I eventually found, you know, um, and the community that I eventually found just as we find our survivor community, there is a community out there for women walking through pelvic pain and, um, pelvic dysfunction. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of diagnosis stuff that can be thrown at you. And so, um, you know, and there's many different facets and, you know, one woman with one thing could have, you know, just like the healing journey, you know, you could be diagnosed with kind of the same thing, but it's a little bit different, you know, just like we, we've all experienced sexual abuse, but it can look a little bit different. That's right. Yeah. 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 And so she, I get to Beth's office and she, um, again, she did the same thing she sat with me Mm. and we didn't even really, um, I mean, we did, uh, she had me lay on the table the first time she did kind of a PTE valve. Like if you've ever been to kind of regular physical therapy, they do kind of an eval of your whole body, how things are working together. Um, so she did, you know, she did some stuff because what, what I didn't realize is the, your pelvic area actually is really, involved there's a thing called the chain that is similar kind of similar to where the 
vagal nerve runs down and it kind of runs from like your neck down to like your feet. And so she has women there that actually had an ankle injury that then turned into a pelvic issue, um, which is something that was like, what? Like never. So, you know, and to think that all my, all that my body had been through, especially with the plane crash, no wonder Mm -hmm. this was something I couldn't ignore because I had some back injuries from the plane crash that you know, kind of manifested to making the pelvic stuff worse and even more undeniable. And mm-hmm. so um, it was just like a whole like new world. It's like I didn't know any of this like was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, she first started with mm-hmm. kind of general like hip stretches and kind of feeling my like how my hips could move and, um, you know, leg strength and like back strength and, and certain things Mm -hmm. like that. And then she also brought her little pelvis like thing over (laughs) and, um, you know, she got more. Listen, our hips don't lie, Melanie. (laughs) Yeah, they do not. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Uh, Nope. No, they don't. Uh, and so she brought this over and she started to talk about the different muscles and how they either work together for good or how they can, you know, cause dysfunction in our, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way, you know, our body is working or, or different things. And I remember like, you know, just feeling like um, this hit on my womanhood, you know, I had fought so hard to become, um, you know, the woman that I, that I always wanted to be despite the abuse. And I had really, um, you know, I felt like for so many years, like my mind and like my like spiritually, my mind and a lot of my healing journey, like I'd gotten to this amazing place, but Mm -hmm. I never felt like my body caught up. And so this, like when, um, you know, for example, when I defined my faith, like people would say like, you're an incredible woman of God, you've got an incredible testimony. And I would never relate to when they would say woman of God, because I didn't even feel like a woman. Like I didn't feel like I could even claim the title of a woman because my woman like my let's be real my vagina was not working how it should (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you know I you know I had been um I had started to tell myself these lies that um you know I would never have an intimate relationship because my body couldn't even accept a pinky or a q-tip or a tampon um Mm. you know or I could never um have kids because you know you got to do something to have kids and Mm. that was impossible for me at that time and these lies started to permeate my soul and I started to Mm. really live like to live like I had been told these things would never happen yeah and that really was um Mm. it's the opposite of of your own you know like this is the fault of of people who should never have treated you the way that they did or put their hands on your body the way that they did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we go through adulthood with continuing to be proven that our world is patriarchal and men are allowed to consume women's bodies, control our bodies, make laws against our bodies. Like when will it stop? And yet we have to pick up all the pieces, find therapists that get it. It's like this this little tiny pocket of the world where we're safe, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not our fault. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I know it really is. And, you know, just like, not ever identifying with like where so much of my journey had brought me, like, but not identifying with what people were seeing in me because Mm. I felt this deep, 
disconnection to my womanhood and mm. this like, you know, the one thing my body's supposed to do, you know, and I fought so hard to get the healing in every other area. Like, why couldn't this have just come with that, you know? And um, right. so, yeah. you know, she really met me and I was like instant tears the second she sat down on my level because I was also was kind of terrified at what she was going to do. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. And like, where are your hands going to go? Because I can imagine like, I don't know what a pap smear feels like now. So, um, so, you know, she did the same thing. She got on my level. She educated me about my body, um, about the beautiful pelvis that we all have, um, you know, and uh, taught me kind of the ins and outs of what the pelvic floor actually does. So um, as when, you know, our pelvic floor kind of sits as a bowl, like, and I, I love like the, like, she was like visual, you know, she, um, yeah. you know, described the pelvis as like a bowl that kind of holds um, you know, and that's where the trauma gets held um, in that bowl. Um, wow. And then it kind of fires out from there, um, mm. you know, where and that's where the pain comes from. And that's where the, you know, difficult with penetra difficulty with pre penetration comes from and um, of any kind, you know, and uh, this, you know, really um, kind of un underworld of our, you know, of our existence as, you know, women and how, you um, you know, all yeah. these things are designed to work together for good, but they can sometimes be impacted by what we've been through. And how um, many of us are educated on this part of our bodies? Like we are 50% or whatever of the population and we aren't taught about how our bodies are supposed to work, you know? Yeah. yeah and a lot of women go the their whole lives thinking like, sex is supposed to be painful the first time or supposed to be painful in general or like it's just how it is or you know um but mm. when we really pay attention we know we can learn that it doesn't have to be that way mm. um and that you can be empowered to learn about your body in that way and as a survivor that is a i mean it's difficult as a woman in general to yeah. to like uncover that and like face that but as a survivor it's just another level of like an untouchable subject and uh yeah. you know an uncharted territory that feels terrifying and something and that you shameful you, yeah you know? and that you don't know how to get from a to b like i yeah. i might want that but i have no idea how to get there and i'm terrified to take a step yeah and, to even bring it up and who do you tell you know yeah mm. yeah it's like it definitely the, is uncharted it's oh. like the silent pain underneath the silent pain. Like it is, wow. you know, we, we talk about that so often, you know, on yeah. our healing journeys. Um, and it was, Gosh, it was just so another right. level of silence that like, my, you know, I had started speaking out. I had been sharing my story for 10 years at this point. I had been traveling and speaking and, you know, being bold and courageous with my story and, um, you know, being involved in so many different things. And I was, I had already been working in the field for five years, you know, mm -hmm. over five years and, you know, was really, you know, talking about a lot of this. And then it felt like, um, and Nicole, you've talked about this, like, there's been times where I was like, I know this other piece is so important, but I don't know how to put the words on it. And like, I don't even know how to t tackle it myself. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's why I'm really passionate and I'm so glad, I mean, you no, know, we've been trying to do this podcast for a long time, but mm -hmm. I'm so glad that it, it's about this topic because. Me too. Um, I wanted to say that Melanie, because I feel like you have so many things you could share on this podcast and I'm sure we will end up doing that. But I feel like we were waiting because it was going to be this topic because it's so important. And I know no one else who could talk about it the way you do. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm honored and, um, you know, to, to have this platform to really, um, to every woman out there who might be um, listening to this right now that is starting to face this or is terrified to face this, um, you know, you are not alone. And the as much as our the other parts of our healing journey is worth it, this is worth it too, um, because you are worth it. Mm-hmm. And your future intimately is worth it. Um, and your knowledge about your body and your care for your body in this way is worth it. Um, and it's not linear. I won't lie to you. It's not linear, but it's so worth it. Um, and I really want every woman to know that, you know, this um, this pelvic uh, experience that you may be having um, is you are not the only one and mm-hmm. um, you know that you you have the you have it within you to walk through it and I believe that for you so mm-hmm. um, yeah nice. so just wanted to throw that out there but yeah that's so helpful I'm wondering yeah. if you could just give our listeners some basic resources like someone's really relating has never even known that this was a thing or a term, but is like, um, I think I got something there. Like, where would you tell them to start to maybe websites, maybe certain terms to look up or like, how would they find a good, um, healthcare provider to begin conversations? Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would start, you know, um, if they already have an established, you know, if you already have an established primary care, maybe start there because, you know, I, I feel like sometimes doctors have this information, um, but they may even be hesitant to share it because they don't want to freak you out or they, you know, if they really do care, they might be like, this might be too much because she's got all this other stuff going on. Um, But, you know, my, my doctor had to take that step kind of in the midst of what I was going through to kind Mm -hmm. of educate me on what was out there. Um, So I would start there. Months before she did that, you know, because it is a, a sensitive topic and you need then probably want to tread lightly. So you're right. Yeah. It might be one of another, one of the things that we as survivors have to self-advocate. So it's almost like to have a term that you would just bring up might be a start. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and say, I might be yeah. ready for this. Yeah, yeah. Or even, you know, being able to just voice it in a small way, you know, it doesn't have to be the whole story or the whole experience. But, you know, um, you know, a lot of women don't even know about pelvic floor physical therapy. So I think we can be our own advocates, you know, so once you now, you know, um, now, you know, as I talk through it, and I'll share more about like, you know, more of that kind of first process, but like, you know, now that you know, you know, you have every right to mention it. You know, you mm-hmm. have every right to say, hey, would this be good for my situation? Um, okay. And, and you know, and that way that opens the door on both ends. You know, sometimes we have to advocate for ourselves um, in especially in medical settings. And mm-hmm. so really being able to kind of voice that and really, um, you know, kind of own that, hey, I got something going on. I don't really want to share the entire story right now, but would this be something that, you know, I could look into or you could get me a referral for or help walk me through the process? And maybe the doctor knows about it. Maybe, and I would tread lightly, you know, there's been horror stories. So protect yourself from those. Um, And if your doctor's not listening to you, 
you know, that the next step would be to contact a pelvic floor physical therapist directly. Um, you know, and there are tons of resources depending on the area um, that you're from. Um, again, like I'm super passionate about this. So if Nicole, if any of your listeners, you know, contact you being like, I need to find somebody, put them my way or, or ask me direct, you know, shoot me an email or whatever, and I'll get you the resource in their area, um, you know, that's because really that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, and there's a lot of resources online. You just have to search for them. So um, pelvicrehab.com is a website that you can actually put in your search by location. Um, you know, you could do search by location or search by name if you know a practitioner to find where their office is. But I think you can just search by just location and it'll get you kind of some resources in your area. Um, and some of the amazing resources that I found, um, you know, later on my journey, I, I created an Instagram called mm-hmm. at victory over pelvic pain um, and the hashtag as well. And, you know, through honestly found my community and found my resources a lot in mm-hmm. addition to my pelvic floor physical therapist on that community, really yeah. within that That's community. Great. Um, so some of the big ones that I have really leaned on the past couple years have been Intimate Rose, and she is an amazing woman. She's a pelvic floor physical therapist, and she um, has, you know, tons of products that are there to help women with pelvic pain and um, different resources, educational resources. She has an Instagram. She has um, tons of information that she's always pulling out informational videos, um, really, really empowering stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's so many resources like that. Um, you know, there's a group of physical therapists out of Minnesota, you know, that kind of have, they have a practice themselves and they talk about a lot of this stuff. And, and so there's definitely, um, you know, tons of resources and pe- people can reach out to me to get to get those. And, you know, I don't want to overwhelm everybody with all of them right now, but, um, yeah. you know. Well, thank uh, you for being a resource and a connector. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. that brings you joy. That's also a big job, but yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mommy, what do and you there, think? What is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. And, you know, and there's, there's so many out there. And so, you know, but, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, the online resources, you know, when you don't have the words to say, you know, what you're going through, just like how I stumbled across your story, Nicole, really looking at the, you know, knowing you're not alone in other people's experiences, sometimes mm-hmm. where you got to start. And so, you know, there's plenty of, um, experiences out there um, if you look for them. And um, there's a great website that I found um, that gives a lot of information about kind of what the, so the specific diagnosis that I got was vaginismus, which is an involuntary um, muscle spasms inside the vagina and the vaginal walls that kind of create a barrier. Um, in addition to that wall that I was talking about, um, that is re- pretty much the definition of vaginismus is that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the cycle of pain that comes with that, um, we may talk about now or later, but yeah. yeah. Could so, you actually talk a little bit about the cycle of pain with vaginismus? I think that's important for survivors to just be aware of. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so kind of actually, um, you know, there's a, if you look it up, you look up the vaginismus um, cycle of pain, you'll, especially in images, if you look up in images, there's like a wheel that you can see actually each kind of step. And this was life changing for me because I, like I said earlier, I didn't have the words to put on what I was experiencing physically. And, you know, so the, 
the first one is anticipate pain. So your body anticipates pain and then it creates fear and anxiety um, that may contribute to that first step. So that, mm -hmm. that pain happens, whether it be the pain first, so you try to insert a tampon and you feel that wall and you feel that extreme pain. Um, you know, for me, it was like my body was like pushing it out. So I would hit the wall and then my body would push it out and it was extremely painful. We all may know how that feels when it like is halfway out or like, it's just not, it does not feel good. Not today. Um, yep. Not today <laughs> not is what today. we say. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's kind of the first part. Um, and then it goes into the involuntary reaction. So the body automatically tightens the vaginal muscles. Um, so that is an involuntary thing. So going back to like, just relax, mm -hmm. yeah. you literally can't like your body. Mm -hmm. It's an involuntary, involuntary pain. Um, back to that first part, it's an internal alarm, your limbic system sounds an internal alarm that alerts the body of potential harm. Um, and so your body intensifies it says nope it closes up and then you have that involuntary reaction that comes right after the brace and protect so your body automatically tightens the vaginal muscles to brace and protect from that internal alarm that just went off that said not today <laughs> um and then the third the third not now, kind of not ever yeah. yes yeah closed for the holidays so yes. like literally just and you know like we have to laugh in the midst because it's yeah. so painful and it's oh, so intense yeah and I love I like, mean yeah and that's is why anyone like, else doing joke. kegels right now I mean am I the only one <laughs> yeah. that's been doing kegels this whole show well, now I am <laughs> <laughs> okay oh man yeah good. thank you yeah. I'm not alone well listen kegels aren't always good so be careful oh jeez oh, yeah now you tell no. me yeah, right. I'm just I didn't know you didn't dance. Like that's I'm like my 45 point. minutes in. <laughs> right? Am I the only one? Oh, oh man. All right. That's so for good. another but, show. Okay. Keep going. That's for another show. Yeah. Uh so the the third part of the cycle is pain. You know, those four letters can mean so much. And mm -hmm. so the tightness makes penetration painful or impossible. Um, so that leads to painful sex. Tightness makes sex painful. Penetration impossible. Um, whether you're trying to insert a tampon or be intimate with your partner, you know, or anything like literally, or like through my pelvic PT, like I could tell when that that third part of the cycle was happening. And mm. I'll talk more about kind of the pelvic PT process maybe in a little bit about okay. like really being able to know how to let my body down. And that it's called the letdown exercise of how to, once you like, cause I still felt that even when I like was able to have successful like exams and a successful pelvic PT um, that your body automatically wants to go back to, to that pain cycle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so how to like kind of trip it up. So in a, in the best way, you know, to kind of, to kind of compassionately, you know, let it down so that you can move forward. Um, and then, you know, the, the fourth part of the cycle is reinforcement. So negative experience reinforces that limbic reaction. So you have this, you know, you have the internal alarm, the brace and protect the pain, and then the reinforcement. So it starts all over again, and it's a vicious cycle. Um, mm -hmm. And the pain reinforces and intensifies the reflex response. So it, it not only was already tense, but now it, it becomes even more tense and it's holding that there. So it becomes even more impossible. Mm. Um, 
the fifth part of the cycle is retention. So the body, the body files away negative experience as it does to, with trauma and it braces for pain on an ongoing basis. So, so you can now be like solidified now it's yep. like, Oh, this is actually in stone. This process. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then, saying, you know, nope. yeah. So you could be sitting in your car, not trying mm -hmm. to do anything with insertion and your body could be holding that tension just in your like and I can tell now it's like crazy mm -hmm. but I can tell in the car when my pelvic floor is tense and I know how mm -hmm. to let it down which is incredible like who even knows that I'm like, interesting yeah like yeah. to go through therapy to a point where you now can make decisions on what your body is going to do or not do like having power over and control over mm -hmm. your body again when it was stolen yeah. from you for so long that's yeah. really powerful yeah yeah and being and it's like quick it's not like this whole process I have to go through like it's a mm -hmm. quick like you know like I know kind of how to sit or how to shift or how to like you know mind to body muscle movements Breathing. you know of how to yeah yeah wow. yep. yeah and it and picturing like the opening rather than the shutting of the door yeah. kind of thing and just really powerful stuff that like never thought I would touch with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then this, the sixth step is avoidance in the, okay. the cycle of pain. So mm -hmm. you avoid intimacy, your lack of desire may develop. Um, you may, you know, and that can happen naturally, we know, but um, you know, this is kind of an intense way of that happening of like, I just literally can't like I this cycle is not worth it to me and I just will not go through it time and time again yeah. and so your body you know it's involved you know the a big important piece of this is this involuntary like no matter and that's why no matter what I did no matter how relaxed I was no matter how many people I had pep talking me outside the door no matter how much I wanted it you know it just wasn't physically going to happen until my body understood that this wasn't a time that it needed to be fight or flight, that it didn't <laughs> need to protect me anymore, that it didn't need to. And there are women that that go through vaginismus or pelvic pain or pelvic dysfunction, which are kind of the umbrella terms that don't have sexual trauma like they may have had like a mm -hmm. experience with purity culture or they might have had an experience ah Nicole I knew that was gonna fire you up Nicole <sighs> um or like uh had an experience where you know the, like childbirth or um you know something where their body just responded mm -hmm. and so you know I or think your body and was that, shamed yes mm -hmm. and so that that was helpful for me too to kind of take my identity out of just the trauma that like, I am not alone in this. Like there are, and that's why I'm super passionate about kind of bringing this to all platforms because there are women that are going to be maybe listening that are just maybe yeah. friends with us that don't have a trauma experience, but could be experiencing pelvic pain. And, wow, yeah. you know, I'm passionate about those women too, about like, yeah. you know, knowing your body and like being able mm -hmm. to heal um, and to have a better sex life in your marriage, you know, or to, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's my goal too, is like, I wanted that. I wanted to have a healthy, intimate relationship. And I thought that this was the thing that was going to bar me from that is that mm. any, I, I already wasn't hopeful about yeah. my intimate relationships and just like finding a man that would really love me through my trauma itself. And then you throw this other thing on there. I was like, 
this is just like cruel and unusual punishment. At yeah. This point. Like, I, I don't understand how any man is going to want to get into this with me. And I am happy to say that I was very wrong. Um, you know, I'm engaged and, you know, my fiance is incredibly supportive. He like went with me to some treatments and he always yeah. was just a steadfast, like strong pillar for me yeah. to yeah. say like, whatever it takes, I'm here with you and mm-hmm. nothing that like you're whatever your body's capable of is what Mm. will happen and whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever we have to do, however you have to heal, I'm right here beside you. And, you know, that was monumental for me um, because I thought this was going to count me out. You know, this was going to be the thing. So many false beliefs have been dispelled for you that like, this isn't possible for me and that can't work or, you know, and it just keeps happening and that's really cool. But you've also continued to put yourself out there, advocate for yourself, research, look for stuff, like take hard steps. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something yeah. to be said too about, you know, is healing possible and, you know, wanting to be able to be intimate in a, in a relationship or have a partner that, you know, is safe enough to be able to go the, whatever the link with that. But also I think, I just think there's something to be said about doing this for me. I want to be mm-hmm. intimate with me. I want to be connected to my body. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a baseline and, of just being able to trust myself again, trust my body again, know what it's doing and know how to care for my body. Mm-hmm. That's healing. Yeah. And that was the journey. I mean, obviously my fiance was with me for a couple of treatments, but that was really the journey of the pelvic floor physical therapy treatment was really, it was me and the PT. Like mm-hmm. there yeah. was like, so many days, I mean, toward the end of my treatment, I did invite a couple of friends in to bear witness, um, to hold my hand and be there through kind of the wow. the end end of the treatment, which was another level of vulnerability. Um, and, you know, but the, the most healing thing was like the humor that we were able to have, like, we would have um, text messages, my friend would say, like, how's your and then she would put an octopus emoji. Um, <laughs> and, Love it. You're never going to think of that the same. Uh, nope. But you know, like, it's just those little moments of like, of humor in the midst, like, and you know, we started this podcast, and you were like, yep, we're going to talk about vaginas today. And you know, we have to have that humor about it, because it is so intimate, and so painful. And And that is so body parts. Yeah, yeah. And it's so healing, like, as a woman to be able to who would run away from any talks about sex or like normal conversations with my friends, like in college, I would run for the hills because I didn't relate. And Mm -hmm. I was so trapped in this cycle of I'm not normal. I like this will never happen for me. And if I am like in college, I had some sometimes, you know, and if I am being intimate with somebody, it's not like it's it means nothing. And I'm slightly intoxicated to get through it you know like and and so just like to be able to have these healthy conversations about sex intimacy my body relationships um pelvic pain vaginas like all all the things you know um you know to to kind of be bold in broken places and just you know really um you know just be honest about it own it and you know say like yeah my vagina didn't work how it should but like I walked through this process and, um, you know, the, the pelvic floor physical therapy really entailed a lot of different things and it can look different for everybody, you know, and there's a lot to learn, but, and it can be overwhelming. So I would say that too, is just kind of like 
take it moment by moment of like learning mm. about this because this is a new topic for so many mm -hmm. people. So this is my little trigger warning that this is a lot. And if you've never faced mm. this within your own story, it can be a lot for me to be throwing all these terms and all these things at you. But, um, you know, the treatment looked different. Um, you know, I'm walking a friend through it right now and she had no idea. And she doesn't really have a trauma history, but she uh, reached out to me because I was so open with my journey and she is now realized mm -hmm. she's coming up on her marriage. Um, she's getting married the week after I am. And she like, is like, yeah, things don't work how they should. And I'm going to get married soon. And I don't want to find out the hard way on my wedding night. Just like, that was my biggest fear too. And, and I was told like, you would have, like, I would have not been able to have sex with my husband if I did not, you know, face this when I did. And I'm sure there's been women out there who found out that hard way and that's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, it's just, um, and, and the pain can come later in life too. You know, you could be fine, you know, you could go for years with being able to, you know, be intimate and then some, you know, something shifts in your body. And then all of a sudden you're like, something yeah. that wasn't painful before is now really painful. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. but there's no, like, there's no, like baseline for that like we don't even know where to go with that like where do right. you go like you said right. earlier Nicole and so having my pelvic floor physical therapist as a resource even just that alone mm -hmm. is incredible you know with all the treatment you know so my PT I did it twice a week for uh, a year and four months um, so I started it in January 2019 and I finished up in May of 2020 um, that is not what it will look like for everybody. Everybody has a unique treatment plan. Um, for some people, it may just be a couple of months to retrain your body of what, mm -hmm. what this, you know, to loosen those muscles to, you know, just like physical therapy is, you know, you could, you could have the same injury as someone and they could be in it for two years. You could be in it for six months, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, don't let that year and four months scare you away. Uh, you know, it, for me, it was a little more intense because I had another level of, um, injury, uh, you know, to work with the scar tissue and that had to be mm. worked with very gently, um, because it was so incredibly painful. And so, um, you know, the, the things, you know, the bimanual exam, exam is literally, um, and I'm going to describe this. So, um, you know, it is, um, you know, like a, one finger she's gloved and she is kind of, um, going in and then she'll leave her finger there and just let the muscles kind of either accept or not accept that just like when you're putting a tampon in you just you can feel that I know Mary are you all right over there it's a lot I know it's a I lot. just yeah yeah and so um and so you know she'll kind of let those muscles relax and like kind of accept kind of what's happening again very slow and very kind of like talking me through it like you know this is this muscle you know this is what what's happening here and then um you know she she can actually feel so picture I'll I'll describe it in this way so if you have a shoulder injury um and you have like you have muscles that kind of surround like you know your shoulder um if you have, you know, you have the PT, like, you know, the, they might put their thumb on it to kind of loosen the muscles around mm -hmm. it, um, or they'll massage in that area to kind of loosen it, or they'll go up and down side to side. That's what's happening internally. And so she is doing pr something pretty similar um, to that. And, um, and then there's other, you know, and so that 
that gets your body kind of desensitized a little bit in a, mm-hmm. in a gentle, compassionate way to that kind of movement. And so it's really working with like what the body is doing. Um, and she was, again, she described everything as she was going through it. And so, um, and then, you know, we did biofeedback, which really helped with, I talked a little bit earlier about that I'm able to kind of tell my body what to do a little bit um, or like to, to let down and relax into the process. And so, or I can tell when my pelvic floor is tense in the car. Um, so biofeedback is a probe. So if anyone's had kids or has experienced an internal ultrasound, um, it's literally the same similar probe as you would have um, because I had gone back and forth to like Boston to go get um, specific gynecology treatment in the midst of all this as well. Um, so I had a, an exam as well with the internal ultrasound. Um, after that successful pap smear, we kind of moved on to some other, you know, just to some other baseline stuff that I hadn't had. And so um, it's kind of that, but it has a little computer attached to it. So you're watching the computer. Um, and so an average pelvic floor at normal range should be like low numbers, like two, four, five, like that's what numbers should show up kind of on when the measure of those muscles is happening from that probe. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was like over 50, 60, 100, like couple hundred, like it would climb that much mm-hmm. from like two or four. And that was me at resting. Mm-hmm. And so like, forget any tensity that would happen after that, like that cycle I talked about, like mm-hmm. that would just cl- keep climbing. And mm-hmm. so um, in a healthy space, you should be, you know, under 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it was retraining, um, you know, kind of like, I think it's similar, I would describe it because I did EMDR for for trauma. Um, mm-hmm. It's that bilateral movement, um, you know, the, the light beam or however, the theratappers, however you've done it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a similar kind of like mind to body connection of like, you know, you're watching this thing and you're able to kind of like, move with it. Um, and so I was able to kind of, um, Mm. let down my muscles, like really thinking Mm -hmm. about it, like, you know, you can, if you do a Kegel, like you can, you're controlling Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're telling your body to do that. Um, and doing the same thing of, of getting those muscles. So I'm seeing the numbers and I could change them. It felt like I was, I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, magic yeah. I can change I'm kind of a eyes. superhero <laughs> yeah yeah so I watch you know, this I, I, yeah I watch this I get my numbers down you know <laughs> pelvic floor queen here um <laughs> and so I would be able to like eventually be able to get my numbers down to like two or 1.5 or from those high numbers That's and so I could see when it was climbing and she would tell me like okay now I want you to tense up so you can see it where it's climbing and then I want you to let down. And so, and then mm. she quoted, she said, relax your butt. And so that became our quote. Anytime she would like, she would like, anytime she could see it was climbing, she's like, relax your butt. Like, you know, and so we had this, you know, and- um, You need you know, t-shirts having, made, t-shirts. Literally, relax your I, have, butt. I have a shirt that says, adore your pelvic floor, for sure. Oh, Yeah, so. Wow. I wore that on my like, final treatment day again you gotta laugh or you'll cry you got to laugh or you'll cry seriously yeah and that's what I really learned on this journey yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's what I've learned on this part of the journey too is everything had been so serious for so long that Mm. you know I just had to laugh through this this particular journey because it was so intense and it was so like 
what is my life like mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. seriously like yeah. is this real life most of the time and uh you know and That's even good. when you describe it to people people are like what in the world what yeah. like you yeah. know um you know but to but have to just... people co- come alongside you and just honor um mm-hmm. you know that journey and what it was and um you know to mm-hmm. have this knowledge now that I now I can't shut up so yeah <laughs> Well, and I just admire your courage to talk about the hard things. I mean, this is a double layer of hard things to discuss and you do it with such confidence and care um, to where I think these kinds of topics feel like, um, you know, that maybe I could, maybe I could talk about that. You know, maybe, maybe I could explore that and maybe it's okay. And so I just, I'm so grateful that you are a voice on this because I think you're a really good one. I think it's really important and your willingness to even be vulnerable about your own journey with it is, is really an important one. So I want to thank you for that. And thank you for being on our podcast. And I think we'll be hearing more from you. Um, but yeah, just, I just want to honor your journey, Melanie. It's been a really important one for you, but I think for a lot of other survivors who have been so confused and maybe you're starting to put some puzzle pieces together today. So thank you. Of course. Yeah. It's an honor to be here and, you know, bringing things, you know, we always talk about bringing light to darkness and, you know, Mm -hmm. this is such a huge darkness that you can be in you know it you know you already feel alone with your survivor journey and then adding the extra layer of like something physically going on that you can't explain you know you eventually kind of find the words for your story but then there's this other level of you know um you know and I love the quote it always says like the scars that you share become the lighthouses for other people who are headed towards the same rocks that you hit Mm. and you know that's really the reason why, you know, it, it is vulnerable, you know, to talk about my vagina for over an hour, you know, and, uh, um, but it's, you know, but it's, um, you know, there's, there's humor there, there's healing there, there's, you know, there's painful peaks and valleys, there's mm-hmm. victory peaks and valleys, there's, you know, yeah, um, so many things, you know, that can, that can maybe, you know, different facets of the journey can maybe yeah. help someone else. So well, and you're, you're helping to remove the shame of it because there is no shame yeah. there, but we mm-hmm. feel that. And I think what you're doing is helping us to realize there's, it's not our shame. It's not our fault, but it yeah. is something that, that we can journey on and find freedom and joy. And that quote you just shared is so Cape Cod. So that's just like, so oh, yes. totally. of course, all the lighthouses and the ocean quotes, bring them. Yeah. And the rocks and the shore. And yeah, the rocks and the shore and the, Yeah. Yeah, so good. Well, thank you for joining us from Cape Cod. And can you tell us one more time um, your Instagram handle? I think that'll be really important for people um, to dive into. Yeah, so it's at victory over pelvic pain and the same thing with the hashtag, hashtag victory over pelvic pain. Um, And I I did join TikTok, but um, I've done a few videos of just information. Um, but hopefully one day I'll figure that all out because it's a lot. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, Melanie. Until next time. Till next time. Thank you both. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked. Even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together.
You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.